Welcome to I See What You Mean, a podcast about how people get on the same page or don't, or perhaps shouldn't. Today, my guest is William Randolph. William is a retired acquisition official who owns and runs Think Acquisition, an independent consulting and coaching firm dedicated to increasing the effectiveness of all players in the federal government acquisition space. William, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. Glad to be here. Thanks, sir. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Why don't you start with a short bio about yourself so listeners know a little bit about your background? Sure. So the, the really short version, I uh, grew up on a 100-acre tobacco farm in Southern Virginia. So uh, I, I, a story I know what right hard, there. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what hard work looks like, and I haven't seen it since I left since I left the, the farm. farm. <laughs> um, but but first caught his first thing smoking out of a small town in Southern Virginia, which was the military. So went into the Navy for five years, did that, came out GI Bill in hand. Yeah. Went to school in in uh, West Virginia. And then found the federal government and yeah. federal government procurement from a standpoint of acquisition and contracts. Mm-hmm. Started as a con started as a contract specialist, and for the next twenty five years, I, I feel like I did very well in that space. Mm-hmm. I found I found the people that I, I found the thing I was put on the on the That's earth good. to do. I, that's yeah, I, I often say I I uh, I felt I felt like a child that was lost in the woods, raised by wolves, <laughs> and then my people came and found me. So when I found procurement, it was like ah, my people, I'm back, That's I'm cool. back. They they came and got me. So I retired in 2016, did the consulting thing around the D.C. metro area yeah. for about three years, yeah. and then uh, decided I, I truly found the thing that I was passionate about, which was education and training yeah. and, and, and hung my own shingle in 2019 and haven't looked back since. Excellent. And I know you are passionate about government acquisition and, and, and I want to, we're going to talk more about what you're doing with it today because you had a long career in it, but now you're doing something. Now you're in a different position. We're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, when we were preparing for the call, we talked about something interesting very modern and maybe highlighted by the pandemic. We talked about communication channels between government and, and industry. Yeah. And we talked about the fact that there are so many more today than there were when you started out. Absolutely. And you raised the question about whether you thought communication was better between government and industry than before for the sake of having all those communication channels. So Absolutely. so that's an interesting piece of the question of the puzzle of getting on the same page, this, the communication channels. Let's start there. What, you, what are your thoughts about it? What did you see while you were, while you were on, the, on the government side of acquisition, and now you're in this in-between place helping government and industry connect? What does it look like to you? So it's it's a I've seen a big change since I left government in 2016. So you think about eight years ago when I was in government, there appeared to be only a one or two communication channels to government. Right. That was the formal channels. You you see formal things come down and sam.gov yeah, yeah, yeah. or you or you saw things like RFIs and things of that nature. Yeah. That was the it was the typical channel. Yeah. And then there was the unofficial channels, which were when we met together in conferences and affinity groups Uh, we go to a big conference or something that was an additional channel to influence to to seek to influence federal government now obviously pandemic just took out all of the expos and conferences you know that's a thing they're gradually coming back but what has happened is they've been replicated in other fashions so there are more communication channels but i'm just not sure they're as effective as they could be 
truly, truly more communication channels from a standpoint of it's it's now YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of yeah. these places, link, LinkedIn even yeah, yeah. from a standpoint of yeah. where, where I really planted my flag. LinkedIn is really where a lot of business is happening. A lot of communication is happening. And I just don't see a lot of companies doing it well. Now, that's interesting. So let's unpack this. You're, you actually, when you raised the question to me, I thought you were thinking of the difference between now and maybe when you started in government. You're talking about just when you retired. Oh, just recently. You see Absolutely. this big change. Okay. Communication between government and industry is just, it's important generally for good relationships, yes. for good product and service delivery. It's especially important, or there's some special reasons, there's some particular reasons why it's important during an acquisition process. And my experience, and you and I did some of this together through, through like you said, an affinity group. It was ACT I sure. Act. It was okay. Yes. My experience was. There was a great desire on the part of government to understand to understand a little bit more about how industry did, made decisions, go no go decisions, bid, bid no bid, or how they how they thought about a technical solution or how they priced yeah. something. And there's a great interest, same curiosity as you know, on the industry side for understanding how government writes that solicitation. The solicitation, yes. you know, absolutely that Schedule C is a is an intended solution to a problem what and and you know you read the words on it when you're on the industry side you read the words sure. but you're wondering i wish i understood more about what they meant by some things absolutely what's behind it what's behind it not secret what's behind it just yeah what's what's some certain things mean so i understand the government rationale how does the government see a problem if i understand how better how it sees a problem i might be able to better help propose and deliver a solution right right respond to it that's hard to get really clear through written word. Extremely hard. Right? And, you know, we know it's tough enough sometimes just to be clear between Lou and Will on some simple email communication. <laughs> Absolutely. You do something as complicated right. as a solicitation. Yes. Right? That can be tough. So how do you see government or industry using some of the more modern, more contemporary channels, such as the social media platforms? What have you seen happening there? Because I've not seen a lot of that. I've just not been looking for it. Yeah, so, so Lou, I tell you, one of the things that I actually, in my coaching practice, one of the things I coach is, is this concept of how to become top of mind with your government buyers mm -hmm. and end users. Mm -hmm, okay. So how do, you, how do you do that? And the premise is really, is really very simplistic. There is going to be a day when someone wakes up with a headache, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And they don't have a headache every day. <laughs> So they're they're not looking right. for Tylenol. They're not looking for Tylenol every, every day. day. Right. But one day they're going to wake up, backache, knee hurting, headache. Yep. And what you want them to do when they wake up is to remember. Ooh, I remember I saw this guy over here. He sells Tylenol. Maybe I should call him. Maybe I should reach out to him. Okay. Maybe I should go try to find that piece of content where he was talking about my Tylenol. Okay, gotcha. maybe I should go and try to make that connection. So what we coach is having a constant drumbeat, whether okay. that's whether that's blogs, whether that's video, whether that's articles, whatever it looks like. I have seen some of my clients and I've even done it, too, to create video podcasts yeah. that every week they're pushing content that's, that's showing one thing. Hey, I've got Tylenol. Whenever you wake up with a headache, <laughs> think of me. I, 
think of me. Okay. okay? So right. when when that connection occurs, that's where those are those informal communication channels gotcha. that that foster influence. Gotcha. Because when they have a problem, they have you top of mind. That's the that's the model that I'm so that you're, I'm speaking. You're of. you're you're talking about the what's become a intelligent use marketing use of the social media platforms of that presence. Absolutely. Put yourself out there on multiple channels where people might find, because sometimes government customers in their personal lives will see things on other channels. Yes, right. exactly. Right, not just the exactly. role. Uh, and you're talking about, like you said, articles, blogs, podcasts, maybe little ads, doesn't matter. You're just talking about be a presence. What that presumes is, the very earliest steps or stages, you know, in the in the acquisition process. What happens then in the in the thinking of a government official? What's the what's the next the next thought part part of the thought process? So so I, I don't think it's anything. I, I'm go back to your 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 point you made earlier. There's nothing nefarious here going right, on. Right, right, right. It this is Absolutely. in my opinion the ultimate meritocracy. Mm -hmm. Okay, I when I think about government procurement, the ultimate meritocracy, those that are successful rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Those that can provide value rise to the top. Good point. Okay. Ultimate, merit ultimate meritocracy. However, that system is run by humans, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And humans do business with people they like, know, and trust. Mm -hmm. So the goal of these touches, of this exposure, is to increase your likeness, to increase your knowledge, mm -hmm. and to increase your trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. The old marketing used to talk about you had to have seven touches. People, you need to see you seven times mm -hmm. before they would even contemplate pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. This is all about get, let's get the seven touches in. Come mm -hmm. on, let's go. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's a podcast, if that's an article. That's a logo. That's a little meme card. It's like, oh, these people are all over the place. Mm. They must, they must be amazing in the space. It's getting the seven touches in, mm. okay. And and that's what, as a result of that, is where you grow the knowledge, likeness, and trust. Makes sense. Okay. Right. So then, so it's so it's not so much that it's you know that, that there's some black arts that we're trying to accomplish, some some Jedi mind trick. It is simply we understand if we understand human nature and understand that people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Yep. We must do the activities to increase those attributes. Okay. And then, what does that do for someone on the government side? How do they use or you know put into use the the the, the like, know, and trust factors? Because there there's there's different ways to do acquisitions. Absolutely. Like knowing and trusting somebody could lead to a proper sole source. Absolutely. But when you're going, let's say it's more full and open, there's a bigger competition. What is what is a government PM on the uh, right. uh, program office side? Or what's a core or a CO do with that feeling if they've got a feeling about one or more organizations from the kind of marketing you're talking about? So I, I go back to my 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 premise that I just stated a little earlier that federal government procurement is the ultimate meritocracy, mm -hmm. but there is tons of discretion in that system. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are mo there are multiple points mm -hmm. along the acquisition life cycle where discretion, meaning choice, right? You know, discretion meaning choice. There right. are choice opportunities yeah. that that 
the individuals can take actions right. based on their strategy. Right. So okay. for instance, yeah. Yeah. we put something out to the world, RFI to the world, but in the document we said, we reserve the right to talk to anyone one-on-one -on -one if we find something that's interesting. Oh, discretion. Gotcha, yeah. Okay. So now gotcha. you've seen the seven touches, the person has responded to the RFI, and now it's like, would you please come in and we want to talk to you for an hour. Let's hop on a Zoom for an hour right. under the guise of market research. This right. is, uh, it is actually a thing. It is. It's a thing. It is. Okay. Yeah. But oh, imagine the ability to tease out the true secret sauce simply by having planted seeds in the PMs or the contracting officer's head that these guys really, I see them all over the place. They, these, they've been talking, I, I, I listen to the podcast and they're doing all this stuff over here and, and they've had connections and they've got colleagues and they've got partners. Man, we, we've got to get, they know something we don't know. Got it. It imagine the, imagine the, the outsized leverage or ROI of those touches now <laughs> to different to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well said. I was well said. I was just thinking that, and you you put it well because what every consulting company on the on the contracting side of the GovCon relationship hopes to do is what you know the phrase shape yes. the solicitation. Shape yes. Shape the solicitation. Again, we're going to just probably keep making this caution, but I think a lot of people who hear us know what we're talking about. We're not talking about something improper because if you shape that solicitation, what that means is the CEO is going to put that, whatever words come out of that process, they go out to the whole world. Sure. Everybody Absolutely. can bid, which again comes back to the meritocracy. If the government has met with some parties in, in, in open conversations, which are permitted at that stage of the process, and learned more about, because here's what you're talking about, I think. Really what ends up happening, Will, in my experience was, the government learns better how to ask for what it needs. Yes. Because it's not easy. Yes. It's, it's not, not easy. easy. No. That's the, that's the art and science of the process. Yeah. Asking better questions. The government learns better about how to ask for what it needs, so it gets back better proposals from n number of parties. Now, if Lou helped shape the solicitation... And Will sees the solicitation that comes out. You might be, let's just say that the that, that it was a better quality. It's sure. clearer. I always wanted to understand the relationship of technical requirement to the business need. I always wanted to understand that. Yep. Let's say those kinds of things are clear. Now Will's looking at that, and he's not part. He's not teaming with Lou. You're just going to be able to respond to it better too. Absolutely. We all can respond better to it, and. That's the benefit of, I, I, that's one benefit I can think of from the kind of, the whole process you're talking about that you said with coaching industry side of make some marketing effort to become that presence. Yes. So that perhaps you can become an influencer. Yes. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Now, it's how, a do, thing. How, do your, how do your former colleagues uh, feel about that? There's so many sensitivities on the government side and somebody doesn't want to do something wrong or cross a line or accidentally do something wrong. Yeah. How are, how are you seeing folks on the government side of this equation warm up to, this is, I like this, this is good, it's okay, it's proper, and I like it, I'm using, I want to use it more. Or they're saying, I, I'm not sure. So, so, so Lou, here, here's, where, here's where it's so powerful. I think the influence is occurring and they don't even know it. Okay. Okay. That's the that's the true power of it. Yeah. Now, if you if you make the highly stylized, highly produced 
20-minute mini-movie and you try to send that around, okay, that's not going to go over well. Yeah, right, you know? right, right. While there's a procurement on the street, it's like, oh, dude, what are you doing? It looks obvious. What are you, it looks <laughs> obvious, okay? But if you've been doing a podcast for a year right. and you've got 52 right. episodes, right. And it's like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to tune in and see what they're talking about. Yeah. And you build confidence over time, or you writing an article that says, look, congratulations, we just found some innovative thing here, and we'd like to just share with the world what we're doing. And, and if, if you'd like to hear more, you know, link up with us, and, and we'll have a constant drumbeat of information, or contact us for our one-page slick. It's like, it's happening it's it's just happening yeah, in the that background. Makes that makes sense. The seven touches are getting are happening in the background. Now, now, Lou, here, here's here's the example that I often use just to try to bring this home. Mm -hmm. The government is, if you don't mind, the government Please. is looking for has the RFI out for apples. They want to buy apples, okay? And they assume that they want red delicious apples. Mm -hmm. That's what the RFI. We expect to buy red delicious apples. Now, the the first thing the industry should be saying is. What are you going to do with the apples? Mm -hmm. Because that informs the type of apple that we should be providing, whether you're making applesauce, candy apples, or apple pies. Mm -hmm. Those are three different apples. They all could be red, but they're three different apples. They show up differently. Right. The, the, the response shows up differently. The government comes back and says, we're making apple pies. One of the respondents says, hey, look, I know you all say you all wanted red apples, but I'm going to tell you, Granny Smith apples are, are the best apples to make an apple pie with. <laughs> the government says, come in. You know, we know we had never heard that before. Right. Please come in and talk to us. We know you sound like you've got secret sauce. We're not going to try to ask that question out in general public because we know you're not going to give the secret sauce at the industry day. But come in, let's do a one-on-one. -on -one. Tell us more about this so-called Granny Smith apple. Not only do they tell them about the Granny Smith apple, they bring a pie that's been baked <laughs> with Granny Smith apples in it. And they taste the pie, demonstration, market research, right, 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 okay, right, under right. the guise of market. They taste the pie and say, man, this is the greatest pie we've ever tasted. Now, that construct does not result in a sole source contract for Granny Smith apples, right. but the require here's the shaping. The requirement changes. The government now says, right. we'll take any apple. Okay, right, right. we'll take any apple. It has just been shaped. Now, even if they went further and the, the government changes their wholesale changes their requirement from Red Delicious to Granny Smith, think about the company that identified Granny Smith that's been has past performance baking with Granny Smith has the best orchards to to right, to right, capture right. Granny Smith right, apples. Right. They have a competitive advantage. Right just because of their past performance. It's not an unfair competitive advantage. Right. It's just saying we have demonstrated to the market, yeah. to, the cust to the consumer, which is the government, yeah. that we have a, for what they want uh, to deliver, exactly. their requirement hasn't changed. They want, they want pies, but for the best customer experience for the pies, we have shaped this in such a fashion that we can demonstrate our prowess in the marketplace and deliver outsized, unlock leveraged value. That's yeah. what it's about. Your example is a good one because I read so many solicitations where the government 
the government's doing its best to explain what it needs. And it sometimes presumes some of the solution in the ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you need if you need number two pencils, you should just ask for number two pencils. But we're not talking about those acquisitions as procurements. We're talking about things that are they're more problem solving in nature, involving IT, involving you know organizational processes, involving innovation. They're more much more complex. And if the government presumes some or all of an answer in the way it asks the question, it might not realize it's precluded other possibilities. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Example. Yeah. So so sometimes, like you said, the conversations all above board, all proper with with respect to the FAR, just open up the mind of the government to go, let's ask in a different way. Yes. Yes. Now, and 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 that's I think that's good business for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Because really what you want in the end is you want the best solution. We, you, know, you want to be the provider, but from a citizen standpoint, you want the best solution to the problem the government has is trying to solve. And asking the better questions, we believe is going to get us better, better offers absolutely. and better solutions. Let me ask you this question about the COs, CORs, PMs, roles that will be involved in acquisitions, central roles. A lot of those folks are very busy during the day. Don't have a lot of spare time. Is it likely you think that is part of their day or a personal time they are checking out a podcast or they are listening or they are reading a blog or they are? Can, can how, what do you what do you believe is the, the case for the companies that take the time because it's very time consuming and make the effort to market the way you're talking about? Let's say multi channel. Sure. Getting their message out through different channels and each one, you know, sort of a proper use. You gotta, you gotta know what you're doing on each channel. What's the likelihood that government officials have some time these days to check into those things so that when they wake up with the headache, they remember what they saw? Yeah, I, I think it's if I had to put a number on it, it's sixty forty. Okay? Yeah, it's six. Oh, you know, oh, oh maybe you know, sixty three, sixty six, thirty four. It's like <laughs> two two thirds. We're leaning that way, but we have to acknowledge. There is a group of acquisition professionals that are still doing it the old way. Mm -hmm. That that think the first time a, a company should be doing capture and shaping is when the RFP drops. Comes out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and 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 anyone in industry will tell you if the first time you see something oh, yeah. is when it drops on sam.gov too late you're late move on you're late move on someone's been tracking that thing for months right and has a, and has a has a has a lead had a head start yeah yeah thinking about it putting a team together doing solutioning yeah. even if it's at the rfi stage and and my gracious i, I what i have learned since i, I since i left government is that industry spends gobs, technical term, gobs <laughs> of money trying to understand as early upstream as possible yeah. what what the federal government is going to be doing, yeah. strategy. And it's people's jobs. People have made jobs and made very lucrative businesses trying to fill the gap in communication. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trying to figure out as soon as possible what they think. Okay, so there's no there's no definitives, and it's not definitive until it hits the street. Okay, right. but what they think is going to occur, and I was like, wow, this is this is a this is a college industry that has been designed and developed to fill a gap in communication. 
so that there's context. There's better information, broader context. When you, when that solicitation drops and you read it, you're not thinking about something for the first time. You've got background on it. Absolutely. The other thing, so here's a thought on what you on your point, which is a fair point. Um, we've got a we've got a contracting community that's in the process of retiring. I mean, look at us. I'm 61. Right? <laughs> um, 51. 51. And, and and you know you retired from from a full career of service, and now you're doing part two of what you want to do. Contracting yeah. officials are going to retire. Younger professionals are going to come up through the ranks. Some of those are going to have be much more comfortable with the social media platforms that we're talking about. Yeah, that's fair. They just use them. Use them in their personal yeah. lives, have built into their routine. If they work out, they listen to a podcast while they're working out. Right, those kinds of, they just sort of woven those those channels into their lives in, 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 in different ways. Now, as I've been working on my own marketing for the practice I'm rebranding, I was surprised to learn, maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised to learn how many people listen to podcasts on on YouTube, not because it's a visual podcast. It's still the audio. It's still just like what we're doing. It's going to be the audio, sure. you know, the uh, audio, but because they've chosen YouTube as their sort of channel of choice, right? And so once they're there, they're there, and they're they, there. Right. They watch some like I do. I'm pointing to my teeth. Watch uh, something about cooking or or bar, bar making a drink. Yeah, and you listen to a podcast while you're getting dinner ready. Sure. Absolutely. People are working those things more and more into their lives, and maybe that that means over time, what you're saying is the thing to do now because over time, that 60, 40, two-thirds, one-third might shift. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, Lou, there, there's a word out there. It's, it's kind of Frankenstein from a, from a couple of words, but it's called edutainment. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Right. What, you, what, you just, right. what you just described is edutainment. Yeah. It's like... I'm gonna get. I, I'm. I'm just waiting in line. I'm. I'm. I'm at the grocery store. I'm waiting in line, or, or I'm at Walmart, or I'm waiting at the doctor's office, or yeah, I'm right, waiting for the. Right. For, I'm waiting for the kids. Right. I might as well be. I might as Listening well. Listen to something. The first <laughs> thing we do something. is pull out our phones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have to compete. Yeah. Okay. The, the government contractor has to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I think as as we do that, I think people will start. That edutainment piece will 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 grow more legs. And to your point, the new generation of acquisition professionals, they don't know anything else other than smartphones. Well, and here's the thing too, but it comes down to an individual preference. Uh, one of the things I always loved about the federal government was the commitment to a mission. So there are people mm -hmm. who do what they do and love it. Yes. Then that means they want to learn. So you would say edutainment. They want to learn more about if it's you know some ways that environmental impact statements are being done or something to do with AI or whatever it is, so they might be seeking out those podcasts just Absolutely. to learn. Makes them it's they're they're interested in it, they're curious personally, right. professionally, makes them better professionals. And then part of what you're saying, then this is where what, what you're saying comes in. If you're a contractor and you can create that presence and keep yourself out there in that way. And there's and you got to let people know you're doing that. There's a kind of a piece of the marketing where you let people know to walk, look for you and listen to you. Absolutely. But once they start, if they find your material valuable, this is what you said a second ago. We're competing for time and attention. If you find the material valuable, you go back to it. You keep coming back. Yeah. You keep coming back. I, I just wanted to uh, something. I, I was I was reminded. I was reminding of something, and, and you may have had this experience too. Can you remember when there were Lockheed Martin and Raytheon uh, it, commercials on television. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Think, think of think, just think about that's think not about too it. far ago. Right. right okay. Right. They had the big ship or big missiles right. or yes, whatever right. it was. They had name and brand recognition. Right. When is the last time you've even looked at a commercial, much less a Lockheed Martin? Or if, if you look at Netflix, yeah. commercials are gone. Right, 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 right. It's not a thing. Right. Yeah, that's changed. Any, right, yeah. any, any streaming service, a commercial? When's the last time you've seen a commercial? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so that's the that's the shift. When the big guys had the money and the marketing budgets and the channel through television and the eyeballs, okay, that was an equation that worked in their favor. Absolutely. We now have the channels of the small guys. We have yeah. we now have the channels yeah. in our favor, and it costs us nothing but a data plan on a cell phone, yeah. on a smartphone, to be able to make our own commercials and get in front of the people yeah. that we want to get in. Yeah. That's how we compete. And like you said, you have that we have the benefit by doing that of really of really educating. So if you're writing blogs, if you're doing a podcast. The way to do it is to teach and provide value. And yes. All right. Let's let's shift in a little bit because I think there's important implications for what we're what we've discussed for getting on the same page. We implied it. Let's talk about yep. it a little bit more directly. Tell me what you think. So you know the podcast. What's it mean to be on the same page? How do we get there? What helps? What hurts? What do we do if we can't? What do you think it means to be on the same page? with an acquisition, like the GovCon, but both sides of the equation on the same page. So on the government side, there there are kind of three things. These are based on my experience. Right. There are three things the acquisition team is seeking to do. All right. Deliver value. Okay. Okay. Execute mission, which which are which are close, but they're separate. Right. You, you can you can buy the thing and buy it well, but it not solve the problem. Right. Okay. So that's two different things. So so to deliver value, All right. To actually execute the mission, number two, and number three is to reduce risk as much as possible. All right. Okay. Now that third one can can go so far, the needle can go so far that you go into a risk averse construct. Right. Okay. And then that's detrimental. Yeah. But please know that the con that, that the contracting officer's job is to get that thing across the finish line. Okay. We get measured by what gets accomplished, yeah. not what we try. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. So things that get in the books, that's how we how we get in the, we have to get in the end zone. How do we get six points? Is we've got to get that thing in the we gotta run that ball into the end zone using a football analogy. Right. So Anything that precludes us from a nice, easy run into the end zone is a risk moment. So the system is designed to reduce the risk as much as possible because the rewards are it's got to get into the end zone. Right. So when you think about getting on the same page, those are the three pages industry needs to be thinking about. How do they unlock extraordinary value and that's a one-off. That's a one-off situation. That's event-driven. How does that value contribute to the mission? Right, right. So, so that you can, you can, you can, you could take the 
customer experience concept and say, okay, I, I just built a widget. So awesome widget, but what in the heck is this widget? What's the value this widget is going to provide to the end user, right. the citizen, right. okay, the, the mission construct? Build that into your solutions. Think about the end state yeah. and then reduce the heck out of the risk. One, don't introduce any more risk, okay? And then think about how can you as the widget manufacturer or the service provider reduce risk upstream so it never even gets to the government. And the government never have a, never has a conversation about the risk, some risk aspect of your goods or services. Mm -hmm. you, should be you should be building risk reduction in from the idea. Mm. Not after it shows up, it's like, okay, now what's our risk mitigation plan? Right. It's too late. Right. It's too late right. then. So that's that's from a from a from a from a acquisition perspective, those are the three areas that I that I think you want to get on the same page, you wanna you you wanna be top of mind that people remember you and say, oh, these people gotta be a part of the mix because they deliver extraordinary value. They they make sure that they 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 put they put metal on target in terms of the mission okay <laughs> they hit the they hit the target every time okay and then and then third they, they are helping us reduce risk not even not, like not introducing risk reduce. but they're helping us reduce reduce i like that tell me a little bit more about how that an acquisition team thinks about the idea of delivering value i have a way that i could think about that but tell me what you're when you said those words what's that mean so delivering value is, I think, is two things. It's the goods and services. Mm -hmm. It has a budgetary component, yeah. economics component. Yeah. Okay. And that in government, we always have to remember we have uh, we have a body of detractors that are just waiting for us to fail. <laughs> okay. I, 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 you gonna you gonna get That's it straight from me? Terrible. Luke. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> there are. When we succeed, no one stands up and claps. But when something falls off the rails, it's like, oh, let's let's take every, everybody to the woodshed, please. Okay. I will. Okay. You're too funny. So we have to always remember yeah. that from a from an acquisition perspective. That's always in the background. We 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 attempt to, and at least in my time in government, yeah. we attempt to not lead with that knowing that, look, we've got 532 detra detra professional detractors, okay? <laughs> yeah, we got, we, they are professionals at, at, at pointing out, uh, look what you did. So, so, that, so that's always in the background. So if it's always in the background, it's always in the stew of the solution, right, right. that when we're building right. solutions, we got to think about that. Now, what that does is, that causes some risk averse behavior. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So we, so we, so then it's it's so it boggles my mind when people talk about oh the system is so risk averse. You built it that way. Yeah, right. It's a reaction. Right. It's a reaction to the four hundred and thirty five yeah. detractors. Yeah. Okay. People are people are rewarded for playing it safe. Yes. They're not rewarded for taking chances. A really, really fair point you raise about the system how it's set up and, and the effect it has on uh, acquisition professionals the acquisition team are you familiar with the with um something called the business model canvas you might have seen that over i've seen various canvases the but the, the business model may be one you know a permutation of the various it, 
it, it canvases, talks about lean, lean canvases. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you should check it out. You'd like it. It talks about it talks in some very clear ways about eight elements or nine elements. I forget of a business model. I'm, I I made it down to eight, so I think there's actually nine. And what value means? And it means some of the things that you were saying, but the words they put on it were: you add value to a customer's life or take away pain. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they and in the book they just do kind of a it's 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 not a heavy thing it's just like a paragraph of each and there's three different ways you can add value there's three different ways to take away pain a little paragraph of each nice description just real real short and sweet and so to deliver value could mean I mean you you you, you identified some three great things there if you if you can define the way you would add value to a customer's life or take away pain from a customer's life and how that accomplishes business objectives that are part of the mission. And look, man, just talk about what the possible risks are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I was sitting here thinking about it. I've got, I've got the secret. I've got the secret sauce. It's, like, <laughs> it, it's really complex. Sometimes, sometimes you got to just take a little time and, and process it. But but here's how it's done, and, and we we keep this secret kind of locked up in a vault. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. but for but for today, I'm going to I'm going to unlock the the secret. <laughs> Ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. What's what's your window? What's your value window? Yeah. Okay. One of the things we we rarely do in government, I see question. it happening more and more. Is what's the what's the solution envelope in terms of price that you're willing to yeah. that you're willing to pay? Yeah, you don't have to give me the exact number, but uh, are you looking for a one million dollar solution or are you looking for a ten million dollar solution? Those are two different solutions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are two. We may be able to solve the problem both ways. Yeah. But but which one are you looking for? Because I can then design a solution yeah. to fit in your window, yeah. so we don't even have to have this conversation about affordability yeah okay because imagine if you build a five million dollar solution for a program that has four million dollars what have you just done yeah you You created another problem Yeah, right right you've created another problem they gotta go find a million dollars yeah and it might be the best solution on the planet for their mission need but but what you've done is Instead, instead of giving them Tylenol, you just kicked them in the shit. Yeah, well, you give them, yeah, you give them more a headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give them a problem to solve to make it. You make give it them an additional problem, additional problem to solve. You so imagine asking that. Imagine asking that question early on. Right, right. Well, and if you have a five million dollar solution and they're looking for a one million, you're overpriced. If they're looking for a ten million, chances are technically your solution's not. Exactly as robust, right? Yeah, it's right. not as robust because they're willing to invest more. They're willing to invest right. more in the solution. Right. Great, great point. You know, there's a, there's a few things about risk to talk about. One of which is, you could spend more money to reduce risk. You could spend a little bit less money and accept a little bit more risk. That's a yep. conversation to have. It's a conversation. Okay. Back to communication. Now, pause all these thoughts for a second and think: What if a government contracting official officer? the CO with working with the PM puts a solicitation on the street and doesn't know much more about the, 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 the world of that problem and solution than what they already know. And the contracting off, uh, companies that get it don't know much more about what the government's wrestling with than what they read. That's not a winning opportunity for anybody. No, that, that Lou, what you just described is the world's most expensive <laughs> version of re- read my mind you're, you're right yeah you're right 
right. It's like, well, I'm not going to tell you everything, and I'm not going to ask everything. Exactly. And then throw stuff in the pot, and we'll pick out the one that was closest closest to what I was thinking. It's exactly. Like, dude. Exactly. What, what, why not just talk? Exactly. Why not just talk? Yeah. And, and so to have more conversation, you've got your industry days, you've got your one-on-one meetings, you've got sort of the show, show and tell part of an acquisition decision-making process. I like, I like the demonstrations. Or I like the presentations. Then add layer that onto that, the channels we talked about and yes. being a presence on them so that people who are subject matter experts in an area and they know who's in that space doing what, and they're listening to those podcasts or there's reading those blogs, right? Now you're talking about a different level of information exchange, right? Yes. And, you know, you could think about marketing as a means to the end of closing a deal. Okay, it's that, but it could be more than that if it's about that edutainment piece. Yeah. Now you're just doing something different and you're, and you're showing value when you're not asking for anything. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Lou, one of the things that I, the, the words that I, the one of the words that I like using in lieu of marketing is branding. What you're doing is you're building a virtual avatar of your business. Right. This is what we stand for. You're not selling anything, and, right. and I think you you know we've we've been around each other enough. You know, I, I don't think I have a sales bone in my body. <laughs> I just I just I'm not built that way. Okay. So what what I had to learn to do is to demonstrate value by articulating the brand of William Randolph and Think Acquisition. That whenever you hear those two phrases, William that name, William Randolph, or that or that company name, Think Acquisition, something comes along with it. There's a body of understanding that comes along with it. We're not selling anything overtly, okay? Yeah. But there's a there's a business behind there. There's right, a right. there's an ongoing business concern behind that name right. and that right. and that company right. that company name. Yeah. But not once will you see something you know only nine ninety nine. It's like no, I, I, no. Here's the brand. If you want to interact, if you think our Tylenol will solve your backache, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk, and you attract. You attract the person you want to do business with. That that has been my model, my business model for the last three years is that I attract the people that and I attract the people that want to do business with you. That think that that think that I can unlock value, provide and unlock value for them. And then there's no such thing as a cold call then. Right. Yeah. They're all warm and jolly. It's like, <laughs> where where have you been all my life? <laughs> That's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. And I, I've watched some of your stuff online, so I know exactly what you're talking Because you do it. You're living what you're espousing. We've covered some good stuff. And it kind of rounded it out, sort of tied it together. Do you want, was there anything else you wanted to go over? No, I think I'm good. We touched a lot of stuff. So, yeah. yeah touched, touched some good stuff. I really appreciate your time. You know, this is like, the, it's just, I, I knew we were going to have fun because I like, we, we always had these conversations. <laughs> Absolutely. We had another just, one. Learned a lot, as I always do talking to you. And I, th- I appreciate you t- spending time with me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. We're welcome to come back. Any time. You know, this is just two friends having a chat. We're just inviting people to listen in. I, I, that's what I love about it. And they can listen in. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. You be well. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
And that's how we see it, my friends. I want to thank Will for recording today's episode. You can find it at icwhatyoumean.castos.com, plus all the usual places. Send questions and suggestions through the app. Subscribe and give me a five-star rating unless you can't, in which case, tell me why. And join me next week when we take another look at how to get on the same page and stay there. Unless we shouldn't.